Is the Chinese Communist Party poised to gain leverage over Twitter? Debate over that question comes now that the social media platform accepted Elon Musk's offer to purchase it. One foreigner struggling under the city's virus prevention rules in Shanghai. He tries to break through isolation barriers. Foreigners living in Shanghai facing difficult times. On top of the lockdown measures, they report being subject to different rules than native residents. Made in China tech products are taking a hit. We look at why Chinese smartphone manufacturers are now buying much more parts from the U.S. And for those watching our full episode, a prominent human rights press award ceremony canceled just ahead of World Press Freedom Day. The event's organizer in Hong Kong cited legal risks for the change. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Will the Chinese Communist Party gain influence over Twitter through Musk? NDD's Don Ma speaks to experts to break down the topic. There are definitely arguments for both sides. Those who say Beijing may gain influence over Twitter point to Musk's Tesla business in China. China is one of the biggest markets for Tesla. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos raised the question on Twitter, did the Chinese government just gain a bit of leverage over the town square? The town square being Twitter. And Nat Elon Beck, professor of law at Case Western Reserve University, says there are definitely concerns. Well, I think he's definitely in a spot where he has a conflict of interest. I think he's very vulnerable. Whether it's co- whether he's compromised or not, time will tell. But we do know that he has a lot of skin in the game, as we say in, in China. But China expert David Zhang argues that Musk's businesses in China won't affect Twitter. I think the Twitter issue and the his China business is two separate issues that's essentially being conflated into one. I think his Twitter acquisition is a real opportunity for him to show that he is for free speech. When it's a free speech platform, you're going up against the very core of the principles of communism, which is censorship, which is not allowing people to talk. Does the fact that Musk seems to be going against the core principles of communism mean that he won't let Beijing influence Twitter? Alan Beck suggests we wait and see. I'm not only going to take a look at his words. Let's take a look at his actions, and time will tell. Let's take a look at his actions and see. I think that actions speak louder than words. Jeff Bezos has since walked back on his question on whether Musk's Twitter will be influenced by China. He wrote on Twitter, my own answer to this question is probably not. The more likely outcome in this regard is complexity in China for Tesla rather than censorship at Twitter. Musk is extremely good at navigating this kind of complexity. Don Ma, NTD News. Tesla has 33 stores across China in a gigafactory in Shanghai. That facility resumed work just days ago after an over 20-day operations halt amid the city's lockdown. Now we look to Beijing. That's where a total of 20 million people will be tested this week for the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. That makes up 90% of the city's population. But according to authorities, getting tested once isn't enough. Instead, they'll be tested three times this week alone. Results for the first of those tests came in on Wednesday. 
Well, a Beijing health official said some 46 new cases have been identified since Tuesday. Due to the Chinese regime's history of underreporting virus data, that number could be much higher. The usually bustling streets in Beijing's Chaoyang district are now quiet. The entrances to many neighborhoods and institutions are closed. Strict lockdown measures are part of Beijing's effort to minimize the spread of infection. Police have been seen at almost every checkpoint in and out of those lockdown communities. Officers there inform people that those who enter the areas won't be allowed to leave for the time being. At the same time, workers in white clothes gather in the streets, ranging from law enforcement to volunteers. They perform a number of different jobs. Some are supposed to help deliver food to residents, others to make sure residents follow local rules, like staying confined at home. Outside Beijing, another of China's major cities is still grappling with high infection rates. Shanghai has been making headlines for weeks, with extended lockdown orders causing problems for residents, like food shortages. But other issues are coming to light, too. And locals are getting fed up with the harsh restrictions. A video posted on Tuesday shows a foreigner collapsing on the street. Rumors say he's French, though NTD cannot verify his nationality. The video shows a group of Dubai, the white gear-wearing workers also seen in Beijing, trying to get the man under control. That's after he attempted to break through barriers set up nearby in order to escape the area. Visibly under stress, he shouts repeatedly in Chinese, I'm going to die. He then repeats a similar phrase in English, saying, I want to die. A woman behind the camera can be heard saying, drag him inside. The Dubai workers soon bring the man back within the now-fallen barriers. At that point, one of them tells him, you are in China. You should obey Chinese laws. Do you get it? Seconds later, the man again struggles to break free from their grip, shouting, I want to die. No one cares. Then the woman behind the camera directs the Dubai to hold him down on the ground. But as soon as the Dubai workers let go of him, he immediately jumps up and makes a break for the barrier again. One of the Dubai is heard calling the man a psycho. Prompting the man to again shout that he wants to die. Responding to him, one of the Dubai workers says, if you want to die, you can't die here. Almost all tweets sharing the video claim the man is French. He also speaks French in the video. We reached out to the French embassy in Beijing, but did not hear back before airtime. Shanghai's strict lockdown policy is heading towards its second month. Many residents are struggling to cope, but some say one group is having a harder time than others. According to one person there, being a foreigner in Shanghai is hard right now. That's the message he sent his friend while en route to a quarantine zone. Screenshots of their conversation were shared on Twitter last week. The foreigner, named Victor B, recounted his experience in the messages. He said his Chinese neighbors felt unsafe having a foreigner around, so they reported him to the police. Officers then forced him into a quarantine zone, even though he tested negative for COVID-19 three times. But what's really going on here? 
Since the beginning of the pandemic some two years ago, the Chinese Communist Party has been blaming other countries for bringing the virus to China. Renewing those claims with each new wave and outbreak of the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. Those statements have also been pushed inside China via state-run media outlets, leading some Chinese citizens to become weary of foreigners. The rest of Victor B's conversation sheds more light on his situation. He said when he refused to go to a quarantine zone, police gave him two options, go willingly or in handcuffs. As justification for why he needed to leave, officers told Victor B it was due to his creating public disturbance, disobeying the law, fighting against virus prevention measures, and refusing to cooperate in the name of the common good. Given Shanghai's now dire situation, a number of expatriate residents want to return to their home countries for safety. But leaving is no easy task. U.S.-based media outlet Voice of America, or VOA, interviewed a man who has been trapped inside his Shanghai apartment, together with his wife and children. Called Bruce for this interview, he asked VOA to give him a pseudonym. That's to avoid retaliation from local officials for speaking to the media. Bruce says he's desperate to take his family and return to his home country. But he said the journey from his apartment to the airport is now largely impossible. On top of sky-high prices for plane tickets, he named three main difficulties to overcome. First, a special pass from the neighborhood committee is needed to get out of the lockdown community. His employer and his home country's embassy have tried to help him get that pass, but the neighborhood committee refused. Second, prospective travelers need a negative COVID-19 test result from within 48 hours. But Bruce explains it's hard to get it within that time frame. That's because locals cannot schedule testing or when their results will be available ahead of time. Lastly, transportation to the airport is also a problem. Subways and buses are all shut down, while no taxis or rideshare services like Uber are operating. What's more, one of Bruce's children is still a baby, making travel even more difficult. The made-in-China trend may be on the downswing. Some Chinese tech companies are turning to U.S. manufacturers for supplies instead. The shift results from U.S. sanctions on Chinese telecom gear maker Huawei. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Some of the main players in Chinese smartphone markets are now heavily dependent on American chips. One of them is Honor X30 smartphone. A recent dismantling of the phone shows nearly 40% of its manufacturing costs goes to U.S. companies. The brand was separated from Huawei in 2020 to evade U.S. sanctions, which have cut off Huawei from U.S. technology. The dismantling was done by Fomalhaut Techno Solutions, an analysis lab for mobile equipment. The parts report found that core components, including its 5G chipset, now come from American companies Qualcomm and Micron instead of Chinese suppliers. I spoke with Vice President of the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation about why a company might make such a huge switch to U.S.-made parts. Uh, it shows that the United States continues to lead the world in semiconductor chipset development, especially for high-end 5G smartphone devices. And it shows that, um, you know, in China is struggling to develop uh, its own state-of-the-art electronics. U.S. components in the Chinese smartphone Honors X30 climbed to 39% from just 10% in 2020. Ezel also said it's important that American companies are able to sell into Chinese markets. Every dollar that a U.S. vendor makes in China uh, selling semiconductors is a dollar that a Chinese competitor is not making, right? So it makes our firms more competitive 
and more importantly, it gives our firms revenues they need to reinvest in future generations of innovative technologies. Two other fast-growing Chinese smartphone manufacturers, Xiaomi and Oppo, have also turned to U.S. suppliers for key components. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Major U.S. microchip maker OnSemi is leaving China and headed to Singapore. The company announced plans last Monday to shut down its China Global Distribution Center in Shanghai. The announcement explained the change is due to enhanced lockdowns in the city. The company stated that the lockdowns in other cities like Shenzhen and Shuzhou have also impacted their external manufacturing locations. To ease those disruptions, the company has initiated transfers to other locations, including Singapore and Manila. Onsemi supplies more than 80 percent of the electronic components for automotive sensors globally. Beijing is taking aim at an Australian politician. According to China's foreign ministry on Tuesday, that's over what it called outrageous comments made by Australia's defense minister. China says those comments, quote, smear China and advocate war. But what exactly are the remarks that sparked Beijing's ire? Here's more. We're in a period very similar to the 1930s now. Citing China's growing ambitions and military aggression overseas on Monday, Australia's Defense Minister Peter Dutton suggested the country was on a similar path to Nazi Germany before World War II. With that remark, Dutton urges the Australian people not to cower, but to stand up against aggression in order to keep peace in the region. Or else, Dutton says they will, quote, repeat the mistakes of history. The minister is referring to the growing ambitions of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, before it annexed territory in Europe. Dutton said at the time, many of them didn't speak up against the aggression until 1939 when Nazis eventually invaded Poland. But this time, the Australian government appears to be standing up in the face of threats from China. Dutton said his country had boosted defense spending and plans to build nuclear-powered submarines and develop advanced military technology under the AUKUS Pact. Coming up, oil prices fell sharply Monday. Lockdowns in China are stoking concerns about a potential decline in energy demand as much of the nation isolates at home. But on the flip side, it might spell good news for consumers in the U.S. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Amid fears that widespread lockdowns in China might sap energy demand, there's one positive for U.S. consumers. They may expect relief on prices at the pump. On Monday, U.S. oil dropped as much as nearly 7 percent. It landed at a two-week low of less than $100 a barrel. A sharp fall, experts say, is related to China's pandemic lockdowns. Beijing has implemented lockdown measures in at least 45 cities as part of its zero cases strategy. And since the lockdowns in Shanghai started, demand on the oil market is down over one million barrels a day. A shutdown of China's capital could impact demand further. Analysts warn of potential risk from Chinese lockdowns as a major threat to the oil market. But that concern might be buffeted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Traders are now on high alert for further disruptions to Russia's oil supplies due to the war. That could send oil prices moving higher again. Car makers and manufacturers around the world have been hoping for a sharp drop in microchip prices, looking to relieve the global chip crunch. 
Now, industry experts say that might be actually happening, but some factors making it happen might surprise you. Let's take a look. The global chip shortage just might come to an unexpectedly sudden end. But for some unforeseen reasons, those include rising inflation along with the conflict in Ukraine and the lockdowns across China. Combined, these factors are threatening to crimp consumer spending and demand. Now, industry experts say there are signs that prices for key chips are already falling. And that could come at a relief to car makers and other manufacturers, which have been battered by a shortage of silicon. One site that tracks graphic chip prices in Europe says they're now selling less than 20% above suggested retail prices, compared to 80% premium at the start of the year. According to industry experts, softer demand for PCs and smartphones is also cutting prices for other types of chips. Later in the week, there may be some more clues, with earnings due from big chip makers like Intel. These firms are planning multi-billion dollar expansions on new semiconductor factories, and those projects could see the market swinging from drought to overflow. Videos circulating on Chinese social media on Saturday appear to show Shanghai residents breaking out of their residential buildings, which appear to be sealed off due to lockdown restrictions. In one video, angry residents stormed out of their building and broke the barriers. One man was heard shouting at a security guard. Based on information released by Shanghai Shihui District this week, many buildings in this area are still in the sealed zone category. That means there have been positive CCP virus cases in the past 14 days. It is not clear which tier these buildings belong to. Many residents in the city have been struggling to get adequate food supplies during the lockdown this month, while some were also unable to get drugs or medical attention. Now we turn to Hong Kong and another major blow to the city's press freedom. Just ahead of the World Press Freedom Day next Tuesday, the city's historic Foreign Correspondents Club has suspended its annual Human Rights Press Awards, citing legal risks. In a Monday statement, the club's president says the suspension is over fears they may break Beijing's most powerful safety regulation, the national security law. Eight members of the club's Press Freedom Committee resigned in protest of the cancellation. The annual Human Rights Press Awards is one of the most prestigious of its kind in Asia and has been running for more than 25 years. At this year's planned event, a major Hong Kong pro-democracy news outlet, Stand News, was reportedly slated to receive nine recognitions. The outlet ceased operations last December after a police raid and having seven of its members arrested. But the now-defunct outline appears to be only a small part of the worsening freedom of speech conditions in Hong Kong since the national security law launched in the city in 2020. In the Monday statement, the Foreign Correspondence Club president wrote, Over the last two years, journalists in Hong Kong have been operating under new red lines. He explains now that because the environment in Hong Kong has changed, the club must also change in order to survive. The comment follows a warning from Beijing last year. At the time, the Chinese foreign ministry accused the club of, quote, sowing discord over the state of press freedom in Hong Kong. In 2020, Beijing imposed a draconian national security law on the city. Since then, police raided the newsrooms of pro-democracy publications Apple Daily and Stand News, forcing both outlets to close. 
The founder of Apple Daily, Jimmy Lai, was sentenced to 13 months in jail for taking part in a vigil marking the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre in Beijing. Advocacy group Hong Kong Watch says in the past decade, Hong Kong has fallen from 18th to 80th in its index on global press freedom. To end today's episode, three teachers from China were killed in Pakistan's largest city, Karachi, on Tuesday. A fourth Chinese teacher was injured in the blast. At the time of the accident, all four were riding a shuttle bus to the Confucius Institute at the University of Karachi. They had been driving outside campus when the blast ripped through the vehicle. Karachi police stated the attack originated from a female suicide bomber, a highly educated mother of two. On Wednesday, China strongly condemned the suicide blast, saying Chinese blood will not be shed in vain. In response to a Chinese tweet about the matter, one user replied, accusing the Chinese regime of looting resources in Pakistan. They also noted Beijing has earned billions of dollars from the country's natural wealth and is now eyeing its land. Pakistan plays an important role in Beijing's Belt and Road Infrastructure Initiative. But lately, it's hit an obstacle. An article from January says the Belt and Road has become a debt corridor in Pakistan. Local business have since complained that they can't benefit from the project because, quote, everything was imported from China. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow. Could the space wars of science fiction become reality? Space is increasingly becoming weaponized. While that may seem very far away, the dangers felt on Earth would be all too real. Americans would feel an immediate impact, uh, our ability to uh, pump gas into our cars or withdraw money from our banks would, would uh, be very much threatened. In this special report, we dive into how this could all play out, the steps being taken, and how space maybe isn't so far away. Every once in a while, something comes along so masterful it leaves you in awe. So inspiring, it changes your life. So beautiful, you wish it would never end. When that happens, it's something not to be missed. Shen Yun, an all-new production every year. performance was enchanting. I feel better about the world. I feel uplifted. It touches you. It really does. The expertise of the dancers was really, really strong. To know that it was live music was really fantastic. We didn't want to miss this. Make sure you see it. Have to come. Life-changing.